It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are so excited for what God is doing in our desert seasons this month. It is the month of May. We're in our third week. And in the last two weeks, we spent some time in the desert, in Palm Desert here in the United States. And Debbie, today we are going all the way to the other side of the globe. And I'm so excited to share uh, some lessons that I found or the Lord really spoke to my heart as I recently spent uh, some time in Dubai. Now, if you don't know where Dubai is, if you're listening and you're saying, where in the world is Dubai? You know, I was right there with you, honestly, until I got my ticket to go. Dubai is in the United Arab Emirates. It's actually on the Arabian Peninsula. It is in the Middle East, and it is just spectacular uh, to say that I was going to the desert in Dubai and to be excited about the fact that I was heading into the desert, right? The places where people walk and, and grow and, and their grocery products are made out of camel and they live in the tents and, and different things in the desert. It's just, it's fascinating to me. And I had an opportunity really to spend some quality time there and hear from the Lord too, which is always really such a joy, even in these dry places. You know, Laura, I was one of those people. I'm not even just a listener. I'm recording with you. And I had to find Dubai. <laughs> I had to Google it. It's one of those, where in the world is Waldo? You know, where yeah, in the world exactly. is, is Dubai? I mean, just listening to some of your stories, it sounds almost a rather bit Bedouin. Mm, mm, that is the word. That is the word, Debbie, for sure. It is. It is. That is what it is. It is. There are Bedouin camps all over the place. And so you would think from saying that I spent some time in a, a tent in Dubai and, and got that Bedouin groove going on there in the desert, um, that that's what my story looked like. But my story was a little bit differently because my tent in the desert had air conditioning and I actually had my own coffee machine. And it's just interesting because you can certainly make anything look like a tent, but really... That's because you're married to Dan. I just sound, like, no, 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 this is not about you. This is because of your husband. Absolutely, absolutely. Debbie, I would have been in the tent in the desert with no coffee and no air conditioning and been like, this is the life, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But I, because of I Dan, we had the air conditioning and we had the coffee <laughs> machine, two of Dan's requirements uh, on every vacation. So really, it, it's just an amazing place. There are not many animals in the desert. Uh, there are only specific kinds of animals in the desert that can uh, can live in this particular area of Dubai. One is an oryx and the other is the the gazelle, the Arabian gazelle, which looks different than our gazelles. Um, but it's just full of sand dunes. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. But I'll tell you, uh, I don't think I've ever been in a drier place uh, in my entire traveling career with an airline pilot for a husband. No, I think the parallel we've been drawing, you keep saying how dry it was there. We've been talking about desert seasons, whether it was Palm Desert or or Dubai, and how trying it can be for us emotionally, spiritually, let alone physically, right? Mm. To be so dry in those desert seasons in our lives. We've been drawing parallels this month between those dry places and how God has already paved the way to sustain us mm -hmm. in those seasons of our lives. I mean, the first two weeks we focused on the aquifer that's underneath of Palm Desert. And that's that river of God that is available. It's it's like right there for every person who has that relationship with Jesus Christ, where the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. You are standing 
on a reservoir of everything that you need, which you're going to rely on even greater in the times where there's desert, desert seasons in your life. So those are hard times. Those are times where you feel um, maybe perhaps very lonely um, or ignored or forgotten. Or those are the times, man, that you say, I don't know if I can hang in this faith. You know, I just want to walk away, give it up. Everybody else is drinking whatever they want to drink and they look happy. And yet God is saying, you know, that that's very superficial, right? Yep. You need to dig down into me. And we talked about that the first two weeks. I think of in the, in scripture, there were many, many people that God took to or led them to dry desert seasons in their lives. I mean, including Jesus, mm -hmm. right? God, the, the spirit led him into that desert place. But if he's leading us to a desert, I mean, think about this. If he is leading us to a desert time in our lives and his heart towards his children is always good. It's always for their benefit. It's always to help them grow and to become more like him. Then there is going to be something he wants to reveal to us in the desert place that we will miss unless we go there. Absolutely. And, you know, even hearing that you are going on vacation in the desert, my gut always says like in the dry place, like I want to go someplace where there's, there's water and there's flowers and there's life. And it's, we do it spiritually too, because when we start to sense that God is leading us into a desert season, we're starting to feel things are changing and shifting and, and we find ourselves in that dry place, man, when I sense that God is taking me into a desert season or leading me there, I'm like, no way I'm turning around and I'm going to go completely the opposite direction. Hmm. Sounds like somebody else we know in the word, but right. you know, it's like when we hear that we're headed to a desert season, our inclination, our flesh is like, no way, not going to do it, go in the other direction. But what we find going along with what you just shared there is when we feel that we are being led into a desert season, if we steward it right, the place that we look at as a dead place actually can be one of the most life-giving places if we steward it well and go through our desert season with Jesus. Now, on our desert vacation, every day we were... Uh, to choose two activities. And, and these are not the regular vacation activities. One was uh, going on a dune buggy to ride through the dunes in order to look for life. So that that is not something I've ever heard, right, on any yeah. other vacation I've been on. Would you like to go a hunt on a hunt and see if anything is alive in these places that we're going to? But in the be, desert... Uh, that should be a red flag. Like, yeah, maybe you don't exactly. want to do that. <laughs> but when you actually, when you're in the dune buggy and you're just looking at miles and miles and miles of sand and you see life, mm. it's actually fascinating when you find life in the dry place. And so we'll share more about this next week because we're going to we're really going to dig into that life piece in the desert. But this week, just want to focus on this dry season. God allows you to see life in that dry place. And when we experience the life in the dry place, every time that we would be introduced to a new desert animal, one of the things that they would share uh, is this is an oryx. The oryx has been in Dubai since whatever. Uh, the oryx eats X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z were always plants. And I noticed the more that they talk, uh, we found out that 
all of the animals that were living in the desert were herbivores. Now we know herbivores mean plants. Deb, you know I, I eat plants, right? I'm not a meat eater. And so I'm like, I'm I'm grooving with these animals. I'm like, all right, we are on the same page here. In the desert, dry season, I'm just going to enjoy and, and feast on these plants. But you put that together, Laura, you've got all these herbivores and you're telling me that you had to drive miles and miles and miles to find a plant. Yes. I think, so they had to be spending a lot of time searching for water, searching for food. I bet their yep. heads were down. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, if you picture it, even when you come up to these places where there's life, you're seeing all of these animals when you find them. They're not looking at you. They're not looking around. They Their eyes are on the ground. Their noses are sniffing it out. They are head down at all times, looking, searching out the food and the water. Now, God has given these animals everything that they need to survive on limited water. In fact, another thing I learned about these animals is the animals that live in the desert are animals that God has created to not require as much water as other animals need. And so picture these animals, heads down, walking around in sandy places. They are in a vulnerable position. They are in a place where they are not looking around to see if somebody is coming their way that would harm them or attack them. They are actually uh, head down, searching out the places that would provide life for them. And so as I marvel at this piece... As I'm riding on this dune buggy and she shares the fact that these guys are herbivores and they're, they're having to keep their heads down and look for the food and the water that they can find. She also shares with me another piece, which I find fascinating, that the animals who would prey on the herbivores in the desert have actually been created in a uh-huh. way that they require water on a daily or at least an every other day basis. And so now we take those predators and we put them in the desert and they can't stay very long in the desert, Deb, right? So look at what God has even formed in the in the desert. Animals who are content to thrive in the desert in their dry place, who are searching for food and water and then a predator comes in. The predator cannot stay in the desert as long as the herbivore can. And therefore, the herbivore does not have to worry in their desert dry season about an animal coming and take them down because the one that would come against them cannot maintain life in the same place that life is maintained for them. It's just amazing. The enemy cannot survive long enough in the desert to do harm to the animal's that are living and thriving in the desert place. I'm just picturing your face hearing her share this because did you hear what you just said? The enemy can come in, but he cannot stay there long. I mean, that spiritually is fascinating. And and if I know you, you are already at that point thinking, man, this is so much like the word of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thinking, why didn't I bring my journal? Why didn't I bring my pen on this buggy ride? So yeah, absolutely. The enemy, it it is spiritual. It's all spiritual. The enemy can come in, but he can't stay long. And so those who are in the desert are protected by their creator because he has put them in a place where he is protecting them and sustaining them in that place. God has given the animals what they need. 
the predator can come, but he can't stay long. And I'm thinking about a desert story, Debbie. All right, I know let's you are too. It. Yeah. So where? Jesus. We, yeah, okay. absolutely. Jesus spent time in the desert, and we're going to go through the story together, and we're just going to take out crazy, amazing truth. Why don't you read it for us? All right, let's do it. Let's, it's in Matthew four. It's one to eleven, but for the sake of time, I think I'm just going to highlight a couple things, Laura. Yep. And I, and first of all, I love when we go with Jesus first because Jesus is the role model right? He yep. is, however he handled his desert, it was going to be perfect. Yep. So here, let's jump into the word. At that time, Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that the stones become loaves of bread. And then it goes on later, it goes into different temptations where the enemy comes at Jesus. He always overcomes the enemy's tactics with the word. Yep. He spoke the word back. And finally it gets to the point where Jesus says to him, get away, Satan. It is written, the Lord, your God, shall you worship him and him alone? You shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and they ministered to him right out of the gate. Did you see it? Mm -hmm. At that time, Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. I just think, oh my goodness. So he was led. He was following, he was following the direction of the father. Yes. Right. He was following the direction of the father. I would have been going lush green grass, lush green grass. <laughs> How about some green pastures? I'm a sheep, you know, but yes. it's like, in this case, God was leading him to a place where he was going to be tested. Mm. Like, did Jesus really need to be tested? No, but mm. we are tested and mm. we needed Jesus role modeling to say, Hey, this is how you handle it. Mm. So, so God is going to, in different times of our lives, lead us into places that we may look at it and go, is this really your heart for me right now? This is, mm. this is lonely. This is desolate. Like I'm not finding much life going on right now. It's a desert season. But if we know that he led us there, then we know for sure that there is something that he is going to plant in our hearts or cause to grow or reveal to us about himself in that place that's going to come back and produce something that's so good, you know, so fruitful in our lives. And he is going to get the glory for it. Amen, Deb. Good and glory in the desert place. What is up with that? That is just crazy. Those are not the words that we think about when we think about going into a desert place. So I love what you just shared. Another uh, takeaway here from the scripture, something that jumps out to me is he spent 40 days in the dry desert place. Now, if you search out the number 40 in the scriptures, I think we've referred to this before uh, in our podcast, but the number 40 always represents change in the word of God. And, and I love numbers in the Bible. And isn't it interesting? Jesus went into the desert for 40 days. There was a change. Now, Jesus never changes, right? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But the desert season for Jesus marked a change in, let's just say, seasons of his story, of his time here uh, walking among us. And there was a marked change. It was the beginning of his ministry when he came out of the desert place. And so if 40 marks or represents change in the Bible and Jesus spent 40 days in the desert 
and then went through change. And we also see this with so many other people in the Bible. Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years before God started him out on his next chapter. I think we can take from this that when we find ourselves in desert seasons based on this story with Jesus and even with Moses, when we find ourselves in desert seasons, what we should be anticipating is a change in our story on the other Mm -hmm. side. We should be anticipating that this is maybe the dry season is even a doorway, a transitionary time into another place. But just like the enemy wants to come into our homes, uh, an enemy to us would want to come in to our homes through the doors or the window, right? The thief comes in through the doors or the window. He comes in through places of transition inside to out. We would also look at Jesus' story going into a transitional period. The enemy would come after him just like you read. And it's the same thing for us as well. The desert in Arabia, you know, there's not a whole lot of places to hide in the desert. In fact, while it was hard to find the animals in the desert because there weren't many of them, when you saw one, it was like, well, there There it is. is. I mean, where's it going to hide, right? There's not trees. There's no houses to hide behind. I mean, there it is. And so when we find ourselves in this desert place, it's like, well, there we are. Here we are, right? And it's just like Jesus. Jesus goes out in the wilderness. He's not surrounded by a lot of people. The thief comes in. He wants the tempter comes in. He wants to do his thing. And there's Jesus, right? So he's going to be uh, the one that the enemy is going to head toward. Just like if a predator were to get into that area, that desert area, they would see an animal. They'd be the one that they'd head towards. The same thing in our story. Um, But just amazing, uh, like you said, that the enemy can come in but he can't stay there long enough to take the animal down. Laura, have you felt in times where you've had that desert season too, very vulnerable? Yes. You know, it's like your emotions are really like rocky and you start having some questions, some doubts about where is God and is he big enough to, is he he big enough? Is he concerned enough? Is he aware of what I'm feeling? There's a vulnerability that's there in that desert season. And it's especially painful when you're looking around you and and the people that are maybe closest to you are not in a mm, desert season yes. because the enemy likes to do a lot of comparison so you're that's a risky time you know you need to know where is my safe place in the desert i feel very exposed yes. standing out here but we need to remember that as a believer you are still standing on that river of God, whether or not you're seeing God's presence or experiencing God's presence, um, you're still fully able to tap into it. Remember we talked about in the beginning of the month that we all have the same potential. We're all standing on the same living water, but are you willing to dig down into it? You know, in that being committed to that time with the Lord and and really praying and really spending time worshiping and being in fellowship. These are the things that help you tap into it. But you have to remember to do that yes. when you're standing there feeling vulnerable, because sometimes the enemy will speak through other people like you need to protect yourself more. And it becomes more. What do I need to do? to protect myself and really God saying, you need to dig down into me and I will give you everything that you need to sustain you. And in, in that sustaining you, I'm also protecting you, but you'll miss that. You'll miss that. If all you're focusing is on the surface, Yep, uh, nothing seems to be happening. And God saying you are standing on a treasure 
the treasure of my presence in these hot, dry times. You are standing in a place where I've got my eye on you. I am your safety. I am your sustenance. I'm the one that's going to defend you. So when I picture Jesus, right, Jesus in this wilderness, he's in his desert season that he's been led to for a time of testing. He models for us, Laura, what to do when the attack comes. Yeah, absolutely. And we can look at the story in Matthew 4. And if, you know, I would encourage all of our listeners to read the whole thing through if you haven't right. before, or even if you have before, right? God's got something for you in there. That's right. And um, Jesus used the word when the enemy came at him to test him. Jesus spoke the word. He used the word. And the Bible tells us, uh, we've talked about this multiple times, right? The word is quick and powerful. It is far more powerful, and I think this is really important, than any word that the enemy speaks over our lives or speaks to us in order to test us. Sometimes when the enemy comes against us and starts speaking a word to us, Deb, or a word of confusion or fear or whatever that might be, that word feels and seems so powerful, right? It has the, we give it the power to bring us down or stop us in our tracks or start to doubt or start to worry. It causes fear and anxiety inside of our souls. But in those moments, sometimes we forget that the word that we speak to defeat the enemy's words is more powerful, all powerful. Mm -hmm. And so even if, if you're somebody who's new to the Bible, There are a few verses, all you need to honestly say is the name of Jesus, but when you can bring out the a passage from the word that you have hidden in your heart and you can speak it against out loud or in your spirit, when you can speak it against what the enemy is speaking to your heart boldly, you don't turn around and run from the enemy, but you just speak the truth like Jesus did speak the word. We're going to make it through our desert seasons victorious, experiencing the life that God has for us. All right. So he used the word, but he did something else, Laura. He fasted for 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about, I just skipped breakfast and I prayed during, no, I've never done a long fast like that. Yeah, me either. I have never done that. Um, but I just, just listening to you, I'm thinking this, he also fasted. That's yes. huge. I mean, it's almost like, can we make a desert season any worse? Yes. <laughs> not only did you take away the water and you've left me right. vulnerable and I'm under attack, but you're not even letting me eat. Yes. You know, it's yes. like, at least let me have a meal, even if it's just yes. plants, even if it's just plants, let me have some food. <laughs> And yet in our desert season, right, God might ask you to give up something Mm. that you tend to rely on. Yeah. You tend to rely on, maybe it is food. You know, maybe God is calling you to give up on food. Maybe he's asking you to give up a hobby that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. How many times people have given up like social media or anything on a screen? You know, just what are you, what do you tend to run to when it's hard? What's your Mm -hmm. 10... Where do you tend to want to escape to, you mm. know, when, or to forget the uncomfortable moment you're in, what are you running to for your sustenance in a hard time? And he's saying, give that up. Yeah. Give that up in that season of testing and find my, me as the source, right? If you have to give up certain things in order to find yourself craving him more. And yep. that, that's huge. That's what Jesus did right there. 
It really is. And I love how you even started some of this, Deb, was the fact that this wasn't for him, right? This was for us right? <laughs> so that we can learn how to, how to survive in these dry places. I want to go back to the scripture real quick, because as we start to wrap up, there's just a, a huge point um, I want to share as we end. Debbie read at this, Jesus said to him, get away, Satan, it's written, the Lord your God, you shall worship him alone and him alone shall you serve. The devil left him. Mm. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him, unto Jesus. We talked about the fact that the animals who are the predators can't survive in the desert season. And so they have to leave. And the one who is uh, the one who is pursued, right, that the enemy wants to bring down, he's the one that can can stay in the desert the longest. And I love this. Who left first in Jesus' story? Mm-hmm. We don't see Jesus running from the enemy. We don't see Jesus leaving the desert first. The enemy left. The devil left the wilderness, the desert, before Jesus did. Jesus defeated the enemy in the desert place, and he outlasted the enemy in his desert season. Christ is the living water, right? He outlasted the enemy in the desert. He had what he needed. Because he is the water and he used the word of God, which never runs dry. In our desert seasons, Christ left the desert victoriously. He's always victorious. And we see this picture here. We can leave the desert victorious as well. Christ was ready for what God had for him next in the ministry. We can leave prepared and ready for what God has for us next. Our enemy cannot outlast us in the desert season when we are doing it with Jesus in the desert, right? When we are walking with Jesus in the desert. That's the key. That's the key. If you try to do it on your own. That's right. You you will not outlast them. That's right. Then we will be the ones still standing in the desert, ready for what God has for us next. And the enemy cannot stay. Jesus overcame in the desert and so can you. He came out victorious. So can you. He came out prepared for what God had for him to do. He was safe and he was sustained. And so can you. I think that's how we just had to end it. So can you, right? Mm-hmm. We can survive our desert seasons protected in the same way that Christ did. Doesn't it make sense, Laura, how when we hit those times that are dry, that are hard, the heat's turned up. That the enemy goes after the very thing that he knows is our safety and our sustenance. It's our personal walk with the Lord. I mean, when you start feeling overwhelmed, don't you start getting those thoughts. I just need to sleep. I don't have that quiet time. I just need to rest. Yes. I just yes. need to get a distraction. I need something new. And every yes. it's always pulling us again away from fellowship. The enemy's trying to pull us away from that private Per, you know, personal time with the Lord, uh, from worship, from being grateful. I mean, it's all the very things that are actually what will supply what you need. He mm-hmm. He's like pulling the distractions all over the place yep. because he knows if I can pull her away from that aquifer, that river of God, that's right. Then I'll get her. Then I'll that's get her. Right. Man, that's, that's so right. good. So good. Now I know that you have one more story up your sleeve. Um, from Dubai. I'm excited. You mentioned it in the beginning of this podcast. You said it has something to do with that buggy ride in the desert that <laughs> you went, 
What an exciting day trip. Let's go see if we can find life yeah. in yes, dry right. places. So we, I hope you, Fun. I hope uh, listeners, thank you for joining in today, but I hope you'll come back next week because I'm intrigued. I am. Abs- more. I've seen your pictures that you've posted about these, these long, big expanses of sand dunes. Mm. And you're right. It doesn't look like there's any life there. So I'm coming back next week, Laura. <laughs> yes, see. you are, Debbie. <laughs> yes, I am. To find out what is the unexpected life that God has for us in our dry seasons, Sounds our great. dry places. Wait. So thanks, everybody, for joining us today on Beyond the Building a podcast from Laura and Debbie. We just love you. We appreciate you being here with us. If this has encouraged and intrigued you, uh, please share it with your friends. We are building this community and it's really exciting to see the fruitfulness that God is um, producing in the lives of our listeners. It's been exciting. So thanks. Come on back next week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember you were created for more. 